There we go. Happy New Year. It's great to see you. Somebody, we posted this weekend that it was, if you were here today, you are now batting 100%. And uh, this is our first Sunday. I know it's technically the second Sunday in 2023, but um, I hope you joined us. I hope you watched our online, the video we posted on New Year's, which it worked perfectly because the great ball dropped at midnight, being the football that was wide left. And then, then you got me. What better combination? We timed it just perfect. <laughs> I, I got so excited about Georgia, I forgot to check, see if we were even online. So I caught the end of the message. <laughs> so I hope you were able to do communion with your family. We wanted to be able to, uh, to help you learn to do that yourself. You know, a lot of times people look at, at the church or at me and think, well, you know, I can't do communion on my own. If I'm not a pastor, you got to be, you know ordained to do communion, and that is just not true. You can do it. Matter of fact, I encourage you regularly at home to do it with your family. The Bible says when you do it, you celebrate what Jesus has done for us. You celebrate your health, your life, your blessing, and everything that God's doing in your life. Let me just stop and say hello. We've got people I know that are still traveling this weekend, and people watching online. You're missed, and we love you. But as grateful as I am for the technology to to be able to broadcast and be online, I still say there's just nothing like being in a room full of people, worshiping God, just kind of laying everything down, spending some time with God and God's people. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you on a couple of things that Melanie said. We have the seven-day restart, and then uh, we are really starting to use, um, we use we, Melanie mentioned it twice in the announcements, and that is the uh, version app. On that app, um, our Bible reading plans, again, Old Testament, New Testament, or you can read the whole Bible in a year. And then also every week um, on your Version app, if you go to open the Version app, and then you click more, and a little tab drops down, there's a little space that says events. If you touch that button, um, because you're here at the church, uh, Believer's Church will pop up, and all the message notes are there. You can write your own notes. You can save them. So you can actually digitally on your phone keep all of the messages, the notes, things you wrote down, maybe something that, that God has shown you as we, as we looked at his word together and, and talked about the Bible. I'm telling you that because the series that we're going to be starting today for the next couple of weeks, um, as you saw in the opener, is called The Holy Bible. And I wanted to, at the beginning of 2023, just begin to lay some foundation of just everyday life. Start the year with something I think a lot of Christians, they may not say it out loud, but their actions say it's this, this is the way they believe. And that is, I think Christians really don't believe that the Bible is really impactful in my life or has anything for me. And I say that because if you interview and poll even us in the room here or you guys watching online, if we're honest, let me ask you these questions. Don't raise your hand. I'm not asking to embarrass anybody. I just want you to, inside, in your head, raise your hand, yes or no. How many of you read the Bible once a year? Once a month? Once a week? How many of you could say, I honestly, I read the Bible every day? See, there are really, there are very few people that can say that. But the priority of it, to me, indicates in our lives how valuable I think it really is how valuable I think it can impact my life and the volume, the amount that it could. 
We're going to start this, this series called The Holy Bible that we understand that it is, it is God's inerrant, infallible truth. It is God's direct word to us. See, the word in the, in the Bible, um, biblios is the Greek word, it just means this. Are you ready? This is deep and profound. Are you all ready? You're not ready, so I'm going to wait just a few seconds. Okay, y'all ready now? Okay, this is deep now. You got to pull your waders up high because this is deep theology, okay? Biblios means this, book. Isn't that deep? See, we all think that the word, the original word, just the Bible has come to us, to, the term to mean something different. But the reality of it is, in the Greek, it just means book. And the name, that word came from a city called Biblios, and Biblios was where basically in all the world of that time, the, what they called paper, papyrus, was made. And so that's where any book that was made was really bound in, in, in those days then in, in that city. It was known, the city was known for, for book binding. Yet the moment that we added this word holy, holy just means set apart. The Bible actually says of me and you, the ones that know Jesus and that have received Jesus, that we are now holy and anointed. In other words, you're set apart from people who haven't done that. There are benefits. There are, there are things that God can do in your life once you have that title over your life. See, the, the Bible, it, it aggravates me, if I'm honest, because sadly there are people in life that, even Christians, that we cherry-pick a verse. We read the first part, but not the last part. We read the part that says, joy, peace, God loves you, all this stuff, and then we, we skip the end that tells you the other side. But if you don't, there's a real hell. If you don't, you know, there's, there's consequences, things that we don't deem positive. Even our, our society and culture says, well, you can't, you can't talk about blood. You can't talk about the things of God that aren't happy, 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 because we just want to cherry pick it. We do this idea, there's this modern idea, and Melanie could probably explain it better than I can because she, she keeps up with this, this um, she's been talking about it, so I know she's kept up with it. There's this idea called deconstruction, that Christians, that, that we're, we're deconstructing. Instead of growing, taking one step, these Christians are saying, well, I'm, I'm backing up and getting back to what is really my foundation truth. Well, what they're telling you is they're chunking out parts of the Bible because it's not comfortable, because it doesn't fit them. They're deconstructing. They're breaking apart the Bible, God's Word, into all these little pieces, and then again, cherry-picking parts of the Bible. There's this idea, and I'm going to put it on the screen for you, called relative truth. And it is our society. That I would argue this, that it is our society. It's our world today. And even in little old Sylvania and Scriven County, it's just, this is true today. Relative truth is this. You have truth with a capital T. Capital T is God's truth. The Bible says of God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So if he can't change, what else can't change? His truth. Well, relative, relative truth says this. If I don't really feel it, if I don't really, eh, I don't understand it, then it can't be true for me. Or it says, truth is relative to the way I see things. 
Now let me ask you some, again, this is deep, deep water stuff, okay? Pull your waders back up. You and me are on an airplane. The pilot says to us, jump, because the airplane is going down. You have a parachute? I have a parachute. I, being the wise one that I am, put on my parachute and jump. You say, well, I really don't understand this parachute. And relative to me, this truth is not true. I'm getting out. And you leave your parachute in the plane. Does that make it... Does does gravity, which is truth, somehow not apply to you now? No. Is that parachute do you any good in the airplane when you jump out of it? No. Now, I've jumped... My truth says I don't have to understand it, but I know God says if I, if I keep close to him, if I stay with him, that he'll protect me, and I don't really have to understand the details of it, but I jump with my parachute, pull the string, and float to the ground. You come screaming by me toward the ground thinking, what happened? God, your word says it's true. Your word and he said, I told you it was true. You just didn't, you decided just to not believe it. You decided to cherry pick the one verse, and you skip a bunch of stuff. And the Bible says, my whole word is truth, with a capital T. And we do that. A lot of us do that every day. We even invent ways. And sadly, churches do this too. And it, it really hurts my heart as a pastor that churches do this. They really invent ways for you to get to heaven. Oh, well, if, if you give enough, if you serve enough, if you're on our dream team and you don't miss a Sunday, you get to go right into heaven. If you're the biggest tither in the church, if you're the, you give the most money to the church of anybody in our county, you get to go to heaven. None of that's true. You know that the Bible says there's but one way to go to heaven, and that's through Jesus. And so we, we cherry-pick these ways, and we, we justify it with pieces of the Bible and not take truth with a capital T. God's truth is the only way stuff works. The Bible even says this in John chapter 17, that God says, Jesus is saying this, praying to God and saying this, God, make them holy by your truth. And notice he didn't say, poof, you're holy. He says, teach them your word, which is truth. You have to learn something. We had to learn about Jesus. We had to learn about what God's told us to do. Teach them your word, which is truth. Truth with a capital T is not unclear. It doesn't change. It's not what based on what people think. What I pray for you, what I'm praying, kind of my thing for 2023, is that you grow in the Word, because as you'll see in a second, when you grow in the Word, you grow in faith. And when you grow in faith, the Bible says faith is the thing that moves God. The Bible says of Abraham in the Old Testament that it was credited to him for his righteousness by his faith. Look at this in Ephesians and three, it says, in him, through faith, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. That when, you learn, when we learn our word and we learn the value of what the Bible is and why God gave it to us, in our terms here at Believers, we would say, now you're taking your one steps. As your faith grows, you take another step. As you learn God's word, you take another step. Because the Bible is very clear in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by one way. Hearing This version says hearing the message. Some versions say hearing the word. Hearing the word, hearing the message, 
and the message of the word is heard through the word about how? About who? Jesus. Faith comes, the Bible says, when you consume God's word. When you get into God's word. Paul says this very clearly, that it lets you approach God. So for the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about, I'm I'm going to teach you how you know you can trust the Bible. Because has anybody ever talked with somebody about the Bible and say, well, I believe the Bible says this. And they say to you, well, I don't believe the Bible. What do you say then? Right? You say, well, the Bible says that if it's more blessed to give than receive. That's what the Bible says. Well, I don't believe the Bible. The Bible says Jesus is the only way to heaven. Well, I believe you can, you can just do enough good and God's going to get you to heaven. And they say, well, I don't believe in the Bible. What do you say to people? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why you can trust the Bible, what it is, and, and how it applies to our life, why God gave it to us. Paul writes this in Psalm 119. I mean, Paul, David. He says, oh, how I love your law. Oh, how I love your word. That I meditate it. Meditate on it all day long. One version says day and night. In, in verse 98, he says, your commands always are with me. I keep them with me. They stay with me. Just like the New Testament, the Bible says of Jesus that he's with us always. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. And it says, and it, make, it does something in me. It makes me wiser. What makes him wiser? God's word. What makes him able to take his one step? God's word. Now you need to know this about Psalm 119. This is kind of what I built the whole series around. Psalm 119 is 176 verses long. It is the longest chap- chapter of any, of any book in the Bible. It's the longest. All 176 verses are about God's Word. Does that show you any importance that the longest chapter in, in, the, in, the, book of, in the Bible is all about what? The Bible. David writes 176 verses about the Word and the Word in his life and his Word, people that listen to the Word and people that follow the Word. So from these, from these verses, we're gonna, I'm going to give you three things that we can walk away with today. Well, actually a little more than that. But, and I want you to begin to see these. The first one is this. And for all the, the men and the guys in the room, I know this sounds a little corny, a little dorky. Um, I laugh. I'll let you insight into Melanie and I that uh, we don't do well with the... The, we, I say this, I'm trying to make it appropriate in my head from here to here. <laughs> um, we laugh at each other because, again, we ha- like any couple, like any married couple, you know, there's times where you, you want to convey love, you want to say it in words, but when we try, we laugh at ourselves and we get, uh, I use the word romantical, like y'all want to be romantic and I want to say, say things and tell her, describe my love and her back to me. I end up laughing because I'm like, we just sound stupid. You know, we're not, I don't have that gift of just of this silver tongue, smooth talking, and I, I just I sound stupid. But yet with, with the Bible, sometimes I think we feel stupid when we say 
No, I love, I love God. I love his word. I love getting wisdom from it. And so for, for guys, I'm telling, and really it's not just guys, it's all of us. You need to love God's word. What does that mean? You need to love God's word and maybe even defend it as if somebody, remember the old um, your mama jokes? And everybody does your mama, well, my mama, and your mama, and then, we, and then it builds and escalates, and you get to a place where uh, it's not fun anymore. And then somebody gets a bloody nose. See, we need to have that much passion and love for God's word. It needs to bother you when you see our culture slamming it, maliciously picking apart God's word. That even Christians say it's, it's, it's outdated. We trash it, we malign it. People say it's fake. It's, I've, somebody told me the other day, it's useless. I just don't see how I can take that and apply it. How is it applicable today? Another one they say today is it's not relevant. Well, that's not relevant. I mean, that Bible's talking about when there was no electricity, there was no power. You know, they couldn't read at the time. The society was different. They didn't have Facebook back then, so the world must not, you know. And it's not relevant. Or the other day I, had, I was reading this guy... This guy, this scholar of the Bible, defined the Bible as a collection of good thoughts. And I was a little upset. But my father did not send me a collection of good thoughts. This is not the old Saturday Night Live skit. Anybody remember that? The, the Saturday Night Live guy that would give you uh, good, what was it called? Oh yeah, deep thoughts with so-and-so. This is not just deep thoughts to consider or good things to, to maybe lift you a little bit. Now, it does that, but it's not what it is. Or, we, or people told me, hey, well, that book was, that Bible was just written by 40 men. 40 men wrote that Bible, so all you're reading is just the words of other men. Oh, I beg to differ. 40 men may have held the pen, but God wrote it. They, they were nothing but, um, I had a, a guy tell me one time that the people who wrote the Bible had to be willing and they were no different than an HP printer. They just picked up the pen and, and God began to lead them. It's not, now, that's deeper than that. And they had to have a relationship and understand and listen to God's voice. And God chose them and I get all that. But that's what the word of God is. They didn't just come up with this on their own. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy. It says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to do what? To teach. People say, well, God can't teach me anything. It's, this is all old stuff. It's not new. No, the Bible says of God, his mercies and his grace are what? New every morning. To me, that when I, when I read it today, close it, and pick it up tomorrow, I don't know how God does it. I don't know how it works. But when I read it, the Bible says it's new and fresh. And I've, I completed the, the, the year Bible last, this past year with you guys again. And every time I read it, now, there are times when you read, you read through the Old Testament and it's a so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot. Dang, these people had, had a lot of kids. Begot so-and-so begot. You know, where there was 1,372,000 people in the tribe of Benjamin. There was 124 people of the tribe. I get it. You just, you're reading it just to be faithful to it. But the Bible says that it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize something. To make us go, oh, I'm doing it wrong. The Bible's never really said, he's, he's not trying to con bring you condemnation. The Bible says truth goes, oh, wait a minute. I see, I can do this differently. 
I, I, can, I can change. Look what it says in the next part of the verse, that it corrects when we're wrong and teaches us what is right. Aren't you glad that God didn't just say, hey, give it a shot. If you get it wrong, sorry, you're going to burn in hell. No, he says, I'm going to teach you how to do it right. God's not trying to hide stuff from us. The Bible was not written so that we can't, so that um, we just have this book to sit on our coffee table and make us feel good. The Bible says, hey, I'm giving you the answers. I'm giving you a test. There's a test you got to take, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the answers. The Bible's clear that God's working on every area of our lives. As we learn to read our Bible, you can learn and see how it affects your money, your marriage, your, your family, your work, your purpose. You can learn how the steps I need to take when my kids are sick, when my family's being attacked. Some of us need to love the Word of God so much that, I, and this, I do this, and I've kind of had to refresh my mind on why I do it. But you've heard me say before, when we went through 20, almost well, in the fall, it'll be 21 years ago, 20 years ago when Emma was born, and we went through the time of them diagnosing her with Williams syndrome. And I've told you before, I was angry with God. And ever since then, the verse that Melanie brought into our house and brought into our family, we've said it every night of their lives, that God, they are whole and complete and lacking nothing. And we tell her that every single night. Even though I'll, sometimes I want to pinch her head off because she just drove me nuts. Or even when, when, when she's having a good day or we're having a bad day. This word is true. And this is not just a word written on a page. The word is that God said, God spoke it right into Melanie. And it's become the verse of our household. Because the word of God, we love it so much. It has a place of, of prominence in our lives. First Thessalonians, Paul writes this. He writes, we never stop thanking God. He's, talk, he's talking to the church of Thessalonica. He's, these letters were written to the churches. That when you received his message, when you received the word of God, you didn't think they were our words. I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God that can fit between my ears. Because if I can figure it out, figure it out you guys are in trouble. Because my little mouse is running wide open right now. And if God, if God can fit here, then he's very limited. And Paul says, I thank God that you got this word and realize this is not us telling you this. This was directly from God. In the next part of the verse, it says, you accepted what we said is the very word of God, which of course it is. And by the way, his word continues to work in all of you guys. That tells me that every time I pick up the Bible, every time I pick up and read my my plan on the U version and read through it. The Bible says is God is doing something in me. And the next one, number two, that you love it. And if you love it, and you really do love it, then you'll begin to learn it. Learn God's word. There are some of us, and I, me included, here at the church and things I do every day. Some of your jobs, you do the same thing every day. You have to check in on a certain form. You have to file a certain report. You have to do this every day. And you can do it what? With your eyes closed, right? Because you've, you've learned it. You know it. You know that on form you know, 452-7-A that you have to go down to the third page and check this button. You know right where it is. 
because you've learned it. Yet we don't do that with God. Okay, well then, how, how do we do that? Psalm 119 says, I meditate on it. How do I learn it? I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you the ways real quick. The first thing is listen to the word. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 that anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a rock. Life is so much more stable. When you, you've heard me say this before. When you just do what he says. When you listen to it. There's, there's all kinds of, of uh, I'll tell you this. I hope you enjoy my messages. I hope you enjoy what you hear here. But there are people out there a whole lot better than me. Now you have to be careful. And if you want to know, I'll, we'll point you to several places where you can go. And you can listen to mess, one different sermon all week long. Just to get the word. Just to have people, have godly people feeding the word into your life. Because the Bible says... That anyone who listens to my teaching follows it as wise, like a person who builds their house on a solid rock. So to me, the more I have being put into my life, the better it is. Because I've learned, and I know you have too, I've learned what it's like to go through storms. We're only eight days in to 2018. Anybody been through a storm yet in just the eight days? Well, if you're not, it's coming. I'm glad to bring you happy and joy new year, but it's coming. And we, the Bible says that when you're built on, on that solid rock, life goes differently. Because here's the truth. The same storms hit all of us. We're all on this world. We all have to go through stuff. We all in, you know, walk through bad times, low times. We have highs and lows. We have attacks in the enemy. Everybody here. But here's the difference. The difference is where your house is built. What is your life built on? Is it built on the truth of God's word that when the wind blows, you can take it? Or is it built, as the Bible says, on that sand and every time the wind and the waves blow, your life falls apart? Every time you get bad news, you just collapse into a puddle of nothing. Are you able to stand? I'm, to be honest, I, I've taken over 23 years, 24 years of, 23 years of marriage now with, with Melanie, 24. Whew. Sorry, I just added the year. Forgot to add. But there's times where I, I, I draw that from her because if, if you don't know Melanie well, she, she, she's a bulldog in the faith and knows the word better than I do. And will remind me, no, this is not what we're standing on. We're standing on this. This is what God's word says. That's just, the, that's just the thought of the world. This is God's word. Our house is built on the word. And we, we learn that by listening to it. We hear the word of God. The second thing is you read the word of God. That's why we're not giving you Bible plans just so you can earn the little badges on, on the Version app and go, ooh, look, I, got a, I read my Bible 30 days in a row. I got a little badge. That badge, as fun as it is, maybe some of you get excited about it, but that doesn't mean a hill of beans. And if I'm honest, I had somebody tell me one time, well, I, Pastor, I do this because I'm, I'm really organized, and so I, I read my Bible for one, two hours once a month. I just cram like I am, get it all in. My question to you is, to you, is can you eat physical food 
at the same schedule that you read your Bible. Let that sink in for a minute. I would rather you eat the Word for 10 minutes a day, every day, than try to make it for a month after eating one big meal. Well, you could physically live if you just ate once a day and you had 10 minutes to eat. You can stay alive. Now, you'll lose some weight, but you'll stay alive. But the same is true with, with reading your word, with feeding that spirit man inside of you, that even 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, follow the plan and just begin to get in that habit of, of feeding your spirit that way. Taking God's word is so dear to me that I, I've got to get my 10 minutes. Set your time. I have a lot of my pastor buddies that are all early morning people and they get up and they tell their stories. Well, first thing I do every morning is I get up and before I get out of bed, I open my Bible and I spend 15 minutes reading my word and then I talk to God for 15 minutes. You know, I'm up at 5.30, 4.30 in the morning every morning and I just tell them, y'all can have it. Jesus don't get up till 7.30. And if he's up with you, then fine. You have him to yourself. But for me, it's just the way we're wired, and even in our marriage, at night when we lay down, that's when I read my Bible. It's the last thing I do before I reach over, turn out the light, and go to bed. It's what works for me. Now, I get all the, the thinking and the theology behind give God your first in the first 10 minutes of your day. And, you know, I still do get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Daddy. You know, and then God knows to give me time to go get my coffee. And then he can talk to me, but i got to get some coffee in me first, right? So find your time, whatever it is. Some of you I know have long drives to, to your work. That you version will actually read the Bible to you. So you can get in, pick your plan, hit go, and read the Word all the way to work. And the, let it penetrate you. But you can also learn. You can read the Word. You can listen to the Word. You can read the Word. Because Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4. He says, Jesus told them, no, the scriptures say you don't live on that bread alone. You actually live on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That it brings you life. And I want to encourage you to do this after you read. This is maybe new to your Bible reading routine. When you're done, even if you just read the Old Testament and you read 10 minutes of begots and tribes and names you can't pronounce. I want you to do this. I want you to say, ask God, God, what are you telling me today? What can I take away from this? And you watch during the day as you go, if he doesn't right then, God will begin to drop things in your heart connected back to what you've been reading that day. And you'll begin to learn. What are you saying to me, God? The Bible says in our lives that Hebrews chapter 4.12 says that for the word of God is alive, and say this word with me, is we're okay saying Jesus is alive. God is alive. He's still here with us today. But to say his word is active. God, I love you and thank you for taking me to heaven. But I don't know about you getting all active in my stuff. The Bible says in our lives that God's active. I truly believe this. I, the Bible teaches us is that before I walk out those doors, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit goes before us making a way. In the world and, and taking us to God and making a way in the world for us. That the Holy Spirit's going before me. God knows where we're going today, what we're doing today, what, and I, that's what I'm following. 
that the Word of God, God is active in our lives. That you have some expectation that God's working in your life. And then the last thing. Study the Word. It's more than learning. It's more than reading and listening to it. It's, it's well, how do you do that, Clint? Am I supposed to go to seminary and go get a degree? No. Get in a small group. Begin to, begin to go to a small group. And one thing we ask all small groups to do, whether you're a Bible study small group or whatever the group may be, is they share a verse in life and what God's doing in their lives. And you begin to talk about it because the way you learn is you begin to talk about it. You begin to let people show you how their life has been impacted by the Word of God. Ushers, you can do your thing. So you love God's Word. You learn God's Word. And the last one is this. The last one is love, learn, and you got to live God's Word. You have to live it. You have to be able to, to let people see on the outside. I'm not going to show you the verse just because of time, but Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. <coughs> and all, of all the pieces of the armor, you have shoes and the breastplate and the helmet. Only one is offensive. All the other ones are defensive measures. But the Bible says, says of the Word of God that it, its Word is offensive. It's called the sword of the Spirit. The funny thing is with a sword, if you think about it, a sword can, can be defensive. I can block. And then I can go to town cutting up what's in front of me. Going against the things that are coming. I encourage you this, and um, even do it with a little attitude and a little maybe godly anger. Grab your verse. If you're going through something, I know some of you guys may be home. We heard there's people at home with sick kids. But you go grab a verse and you start swinging it at the devil. God, my God says, devil, that my kids are healthy and whole, that the blood of Jesus has made them healthy and whole, that by your stripes I am healed. And don't buy in, don't get into this thing, well, I can't remember if it's John or James or was it 412 or 319. God knows where it is. It doesn't like nullify your faith if you, if you quote the wrong, wrong reference. But I tell, just start quoting it. I've told this story probably a hundred times over the last 12, 13 years, but I remember sitting on Honeysuckle Drive and my kids were sick, Melanie was sick, and going to the front door on a Saturday afternoon and, and opening the front door and standing at the front door and telling the devil out that my God, the word I'm reading right here, devil, in case you don't know, says that by his stripes my children are healed and whole and there's going to be no more throwing up, no more fevers. It's not going to be coming out of both ends. It's not going to, and I just started as grotesque as I could get. I'm tired of cleaning it up. I'm tired of my girls I'm being sick. I'm tired of my wife. And I said, devil, you are out of here. And my Bible says I'm healthy and whole. My family is healthy and whole. And you can't come here. And I'm sure my neighbors, Miss Connie, thought I was crazy. But they saw how serious I was. 
and I was, I was out in the front yard. I wasn't actually doing this, but in my mind I was doing this. They might have locked me up after that. See, David writes this in Psalm 119 as we close. This is the message paraphrase version. I, lo I love the way this reads. He says, God, train me in good common sense. Has anybody ever said that about you? That's a sweet kid, but he ain't got no sense. I said, oh, all of my teenage years growing up, the dumb stuff you do as a teenager, I love him, but he ain't got no sense. And David writes and says, that God, train me in your wisdom. I'm thoroughly committed to living your way, to living it out. Then in the next verse, he says this, that before I learned, God, I learned to answer you, I wandered all over the place. If anybody, I don't know if this is for somebody, I was just praying about this week. If you've got a decision to make, I actually talked with somebody the other day. I don't know where he is. Where's Mark? There he is. About a decision in life, this is what I was telling you about. That, God, I wandered all over the place. But now that I begin to put your word in its proper perspective, that it's truth in my life, God, I'm right in step. Um, uh, here we go. Oh, you want to go that way? Okay, we'll go this way. Oh, here he goes that way. Okay. I'm in perfect step with your word. Because, look at this in 119.105, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it shows me where to go. It takes me where you want me to go. And I don't know about you, but if I got a, a decision to make, and I can be either where I want to be, or if I'm honest, and I, and I have a chance to go where God wants me to be, I ain't that smart. I'm going where God wants me to be. I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that talented. I want to be every time where He wants me to be. Amen? Amen, why don't you stand with me? God, I thank you in Jesus' name. God, you sent your word for us. That we can learn about you. We can get to know you, God. And I thank you for it. God, as we go through this week, as we all start reading our Bible plans, God, even the begats, even all the people we don't know and we can't say their names, God, begin to open that part of your word. Open all of the Bible up to us. Your word says if we ask you for wisdom, you'll give it to us. Your word says that if we... If we study your word, keep it close to us, that it will lead us and guide us. God, may 2023 be that for us. May our faith rise because we hear the word. As we take God, we learn our, our faith rises, may we take our one steps. And I thank you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name. Now, before we leave, we're not changing anything this year. There may be some of us that say, well, I knew God and I knew Jesus, but I've walked away. I haven't really been doing it. And I need to start 2023 back in line, letting his light be a path for me. Or maybe it was for you saying, this is all new to me. I don't understand. It's okay you don't understand. The Bible says of, of Jesus and your salvation that you just have to believe he's the son of God. He went to the cross for you. He was, he was brought back to life and he paid the price for your sin. And that's what the Bible says you have to believe. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who it is so I can pray with you. And if that's you this morning, just wave at me real quick.
couple. Anybody else? And let's just all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, today I choose to believe that you sent your son for me. I confess it with my mouth and I believe it with my heart that you are the son of God, my savior. Forgive me, God, of the mess I make. Lead me, guide me, direct me. In Jesus' name, amen. See, it's that easy. But for the rest of us, as we walk through this, as all of us, really, as we walk through the next couple of days, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to do what Melanie said. We want to hear about who you gave your mugs to. We want to hear about those stories. But I want you to do this. I want you to find, and you can take the, let's just do this. You can take the month of January as we talk about the word. I want you to find a scripture and say, God, this is going to be my verse for 2023. And you can write on a post-it note. You can write on a, on a three-by-five card. But you need to stick it somewhere on your mirror in your bathroom, maybe on the visor in your car, where you can see it and go, yep, that's me every day. God. That's me. That we begin to give, keep the word of God out in front of us so we can love it, learn it, and what? Live it and walk this out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me bless you, and then we're going to sing one more. God, I thank you again for your word. I bless my family. God, I bless this house, that your word will go deep in our lives, that 2023 will be, God, that we learn the word, our faith increases, and God, we're taking our one steps, and we're getting closer and closer to you every day. And God, we thank you for it now. You come and have your way in our lives. You give us a great week. And we thank you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody's.